your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter 10, please. Amen. I've been wanting to preach this for a while, and I'm going to get it out this morning. I was going to preach it Wednesday, and God changed my message for this morning. And I talked about enduring on, on Wednesday night and staying in the race. Amen. How many are going to finish the race this morning? Amen. Haven't used this mic for a while, so we'll see if Jeff can get it tweaked. If not, we'll switch it. Hebrews chapter 10. Say amen when you get there. Amen. How many are thankful for the word of God? Amen. Promises of God. The hope of God. The sound back, feedback from microphones. God be thankful for everything, right? Hebrews chapter 10. Many of you have heard this verse before. This is something that I would say is something that the devil fights so much, so immensely in our walk with God is coming, is coming to church. Like you hear, now I, you might say, well, I'm here. Why are you going to preach this message? So I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. But church attendance is vital. Amen. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down why commitment to church is so vital. Why commitment to church is so vital. I just talked about the rapture and the signs and the times and all the things that are happening. And God said in his word that as those days approach, we should be in church more. Amen. We should be seeking the Lord more. How many know that this is not the time to stop serving God? I mean, you are a fool. I'm sorry to say that. If you stop serving God now, I'm just going to be honest with you. you this is, there's never a good time to stop serving God. But right now is the worst. Because this is times that we're seeing stuff happen like we've never, ever seen it before. And God said in his word in Hebrews 10, verse 24, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Can you say amen? amen. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And he says, as is the manner of some. So that means that this has always been a problem. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Father, we ask you for your word to speak to us this morning. God, let me help, help this church congregation get a revelation. Or a confirmation this morning of how important it is to be in church. How important it is to come and fellowship with brothers and sisters and learn your word and not only just come but make a commitment to coming and be involved father in this church and be involved in what you're doing in the kingdom of God Lord we ask you to anoint these words and let them get deep down into our heart this morning in Jesus name we pray amen not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together I want you to look over in Psalms 150 I'm going to go through quite a few verses this morning and I want to talk this morning about how important it is to be here. I, I, want to, I want to use some examples. And I'm going to say this and I might say it again in a little bit. I get absolutely blown away as I watch people. If you know me, I watch people. I'm a people watcher. And I, I, I watch how people act and talk. And I watch their, their, um, their habits and Church commitment is a good habit to have. And a lot of people don't understand that. And like I said, that's something that the devil wants to fight us on. And 
Today we live in, a, in, a, in an age of media, which obviously we know media is good. There's good to everything. We just talked about the opportunity. When I thought the other day about that thing being on my spirit that I could share with people, I could have never done that 25 years ago that quick. I couldn't have reached my sister-in-law in Costa Rica or, or sent it out to 80 people at one time, a thought that I had. I'd had to call 80 people on the phone. Um, or to get on something like Facebook or Twitter or some of these things and, and put a, a, a massive blast out that the whole world could see. So that's the good side of media. But the bad side of media is that it's made the church lazy. And it, as Pastor Andrews was saying in the offering, we can't take away the go from the gospel. And part of God's go is to go to church. Amen. And to come and congregate with other people because Proverbs says iron sharpens iron. And it's established that God said we should come together. We should be together in a place of worship, in a congregation, in a local assembly where we can hear the word of God together and we can be around each other like a family and we can rub off on each other, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Amen? But we learn how to get along in church. And God established it that way. But the church today, is, as media has gone, you've got all these um, TV programs and stations and preachers on, t on TV which have their place because there's a lot of people that can't get to a church. They're physically disabled or they're in a hospital or they're in a prison. And so that's wonderful. But unfortunately, the devil has used media to get people to go watch TV instead of coming to church. And here's the sad thing about that is when somebody says, you know what, I don't need church. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be a, in a fellowship of churches or a local assembly. I can watch whoever on TV and they bless me and I get that word. Well, my question to them is, who is going to do your funeral? Who's going to counsel you when you've got marital problems? Who's going to come pray for you when you're in the hospital? Who's going to pray for your marriage? Because you're not going to get a hold of any of those people on TV that you like so much when you need that, that, that help. God established the church so that the church could minister back to the people and there was a two-way street there. And so, like I said, it has its place and thank God for it in that place. But we need to understand, and you might be saying this morning, why are you telling us this if we're here? Because I, over the 20 years I've been serving the Lord and 14 of pastoring and five here in Denton, I have seen so many people come into church and go back out. Do we need to change, Jeff? I don't like my voice as it is. I definitely don't like it like that. Amen. Yeah. I try to be a man of faith, but I don't have too much faith in that. <laughs> Microphones. Amen. Let's look at Psalms 150. Verse 1, praise the Lord, praise God on your couch. Praise God, where does it say? In his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and heart. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Now, as I'm reading this, I want to show you something. Nobody can play all those instruments by themselves at home and have church by themselves. Amen? 
He's showing us here as he says, praise him in his sanctuary. He's talking about a place, a gathering where we would come together as believers and we would praise God together. Amen. You, you, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a spirit today of a lone ranger that says, I can have church at home. And that's not God's will. And as you see in these scriptures I'm going to show you, he's going to show us that he has established a place to come together and worship God. So he goes on with the rest of the things we praise him with. And he says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. So you see there he says, in his sanctuary. It is an established place that we come to worship God. Psalms 122 verse 1. You can write it down. I'll read it and you can go look at it later. says, I was glad to, to, when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many see the go there? How many see the established place to go to? Amen. Now go to Acts chapter 2. I do want you to look at this. So I really want you to see this this morning. I'm going to have a testimony in just a few minutes of somebody in our church that can verify everything that I'm saying. Because I think about this all the time and I've been wanting to preach this for a long time. But all it is is a, is a warning to us as believers that we need to stay in church. We need to stay committed. And, and we've got to stay committed to a place. Because like I said, I've seen over the years... Time and time again, as we go to Acts 2, time and time again, I have seen and we have seen in this church, we've seen people come in, whether it was a single person or a couple or maybe a couple that was separate and then they got married or a couple that was divorced or, or, or separated and got, then got married or, or a family that was uh, struggling and they came in and God really did a move in their life, a work in their life. We've seen time and time again people come in and it, it's not to lift us up, it's to lift up the local assembly, but we're talking about our church. And I have seen time and time again, and I could give this microphone this morning to a lot of people that would verify what I'm saying. We've seen time and time again people come into this church and get plugged in, get involved, and seen miracles. We've heard them testify about jobs and testify about their marriages and testify about all kinds of things. And then for some reason, they stop coming to church. They stop, they, they quit, they, they slowly fade out. And, and, I, and, I, and I even see it this morning, I can see faces that are not here and I can think, oh, I hope they're okay, I hope there's nothing's wrong with them. And it's not always the case that something's wrong, but you can watch a pattern and I've seen it enough to know what's happening. And you can see where somebody misses one, then they miss two, then they miss another, then all of a sudden it doesn't really matter. And that's what Hebrews 10 is saying. He says, don't forsake the assembling together. Keep on coming to church. And he says, even so much more, he says, as the day approaches. That means the closer the return of Jesus comes, the more we need to be in fellowship, the more we need to have oil in our lamps, the more we need to be on fire for God and not cold in this cold world. Amen. And we need to come together and let iron sharpen iron in our lives. So I'm giving you a warning this morning, wherever you are, whether you're single or married, whether you've been in the church a month or five years, be careful that the devil does not try to get you out of the covering of God that he has for your life this morning. Amen. Because he will do that. And I can tell you, I see things, I hear things, I've seen people walk out of here, and I've seen them go back to their old lifestyles. And it blows me away, and I think they sure were doing, again, it's not to lift us up, church, it's a fact. 
And we're not the only church, but I think we do, we're doing something right. And we preach the truth. And when you see fruit in somebody's life, why would you stop? If you're being fruitful, why would you change? How many know the old saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it? If God is moving in your marriage, in your finances, in your life, why would you uproot yourself and just leave? And go somewhere else or stop going altogether? And, and so over the last even couple years, I'll hear things and I'll go, man, I can't believe that. Or I'll, or I'll hear some, somebody say, man, you see so-and-so on Facebook, what they're doing. And, and I, I've seen people go, not only not come to church anymore, but go absolutely back to what they were before and worse. Because the Bible says that when you go back and backslide, seven spirits come in, spirits come in seven times stronger than the first time. And that is God, that is the, the devil's will is to uproot us from a place where we're bearing fruit. And so we've got to understand that the local assembly that God has established is very, very important. And my commitment to it. Amen. Not everybody in here is married, but a lot of us are, probably a good percentage of us are. And we understand in marriage that when things begin to get rough and things begin to go bad, we don't just say, hey, here's the divorce papers. I quit. Can you say amen? We fight through it. The, Bible, you know, the, 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 the uh, vows we made were for better or for worse. In sickness and in health, for rich or for poor. And we say, you know what? I, I, I don't really like you right now, but I'm going to put up with you because I married you. And you, you stay the course. And so there's going to be times and days where you don't like me, you don't like the church, you don't like people in the church. Amen? But that's just part of life. You say, I'm going to fight through this. I'm going to stick this out. I'm going to see the good and, and, in spite of the bad. And I'm going to stay in this place where I have seen some fruit in my life. And I'm going to make it. Amen. And God's going to do great and mighty things in me. But I'm not just going to run. And so I, I, I see this over and over again. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to get things out. I'm definitely not going to name names or anything like that. But everybody in here knows and has seen people come and go. And it just absolutely blows me away all the time because I think back and I go, when I saw those people in church and I saw the time where they were committed and I saw the time they were serving and I saw the time that they really made an effort to commit to the local assembly, God was moving in their lives. Can you say amen to that this morning? How many understand what I'm saying? You can really see the fruit. And then you see later when they begin to stop and they begin to go away and, and things happen and they're not there anymore. Look at Acts chapter 2. Verse 42, let's read from 40, and, and with, this is the church of, of Acts, it says, with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. One of the things, stop there for a second, one of the things God does when he saves us is he calls us out of where we are, okay? One of the things we're doing this morning at church is you're here right now and you got up this morning and put clothes on and came to church and established I'm going to give to the Lord, I'm going to praise the Lord, I'm going to put some, some, you know, my Sunday best on, I'm going to have a good attitude, I'm going to get to church, I'm going to drive to church, I'm in a parking lot. We are making a statement to the devil this morning that we believe in God. Amen. We have, we, have sat, we have sacrificed other things, we've taken a day of rest for ourselves and we've said I'm going to church. There's a powerful statement in that to God and to the devil when you do that. And, and the attitude has to be in our lives that I'm, I'm not going to just go to church when I can. Has anybody found out that if you try to go to church when you can, you'll never go to church? 
Never. You'll always find a reason to not come. And, and, and church, we don't realize that sometimes that one time that we miss could be that thing that would have propelled us for another six months. Amen. And, and we understand accidents and sicknesses and all that, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just giving in to the flesh and saying, I just don't want to go today. There's something to be said. This is, I'm going to church. I'm going to go and see my brothers and sisters. I'm going to go and sit. I'm going to give some time to the Lord. And here's another thing that's happening today in our society. We are a microwave, popcorn, quick, get it done, fast society, and we want to give 30 minutes to God. And that's why a lot of these churches are so popular because it's come in and get out. You know, and, 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 I, and I've told you before, I, I love sports, I love things, I love entertainment and all those things. But in my heart, my heart is God's. God's got my heart and I love him and I'm going to give him first in everything I have and everything that I am. He's my commitment. And so those things, if they're there, there's time that's going to happen. But I'm not going to make time, I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to go to church on Saturday night for half an hour because Sunday's busy. I'm going to establish in my house and with my kids that we go to church. And those are not things that we, we mess around with. We don't, we, don't, we don't break those things. We don't say, well, you know, and again, things come up. But we haven't established that, well, you're the pastor. We haven't always been pastors. Amen. We were believers, regular, regular old believers first. And that was established. We're going to church. I used to have my own business. And I, used to, and, and I used to work my, for myself, and I'd have to go from, from work, from, from painting a house or whatever, and have my clothes in the truck or the car, and I'd get to church, or take a shower at the church, and be ready. To, I was assistant back then, helping, serving like many of you are, but there was no way I was going to miss church, because church was important to me. And I knew that if it wasn't for church, I wouldn't be saved. I was thankful for the church. I was thankful for the local assembly. And way back in the book of Acts, we're seeing this. He says, he says uh, come out of this, be saved from this perverse generation. And so we're making a statement on Sunday that we're not where everybody else is, which is probably in bed. And you know, some days like today when it's gloomy and it's cold and it's dark, you got to make an extra effort to say, I'm not missing Amen. I don't know how many people stayed in bed this morning, but I guarantee you there were some, and you might have thought about turning back over again. But church, it's that commitment that says, God, you are important to me, and I know that if I don't go, I'm going to miss something, and if I miss again, I'm going to miss again, and all of a sudden, I'm going to be in trouble. And that's the warning that I'm giving to you, that you can walk out of the will of God and leave where God is leading you and where God is blessing you if you're not careful. Then it goes on to say in verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day, watch this, about 3,000 souls were added to them. There's no doubt that this was not a house meeting. There's no way 3,000 people could have been at a house. There's no house that can hold that many people. They had a place. Now we know that when he first walked out of the book of Acts uh, uh, upper room, he preached out publicly but 3,000 souls, that means they counted those people. That means they, they thought, man, people are important. You wonder why we count. Why, how many people do we have? Because people are important. You're not a number. You're a person to God. Amen? And so 3,000 were added that day to them. And watch this. They continued. Underline that in your Bible. They continued. That means week after week, 
service after service, message after message, praise song after praise song, Bible reading after Bible reading, offering after offering, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen? And in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. You stop and think about that for a second, that little part right there. You be honest with yourself. Do you walk in the same reverent fear of God when you're not coming to church as when you do? You ask yourself that question. It's a fact you do not. Church was established by God because he knew how we were as people. It does not take much for us to get our alignment knocked out. Not much at all. And he said, if I just let them, if I don't make an establishment here of an established place, an established time, I mean, can you imagine if we just kind of left the doors open and just left the church open all the time and the lights were on and we didn't have an established church and a service time and established praise and worship and established anything and people just came and gone as they want? I don't think it worked too well. Because we'd be like, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I missed today. Oh, I'll do it Wednesday. Oh, I missed Wednesday. Let me get there Saturday. Is anybody being spoken to? Amen. Are there any fleshly people in here this morning? That's how we are. But we see in the Bible, Peter and John were going into the temple. It says at the ninth hour. That means that they were going at a set time. They didn't just show up when they wanted to show up. And so God is saying, I have an established place. I have an established time. And I have an established purpose for having my church. Write a few things down real quick, real quick, if you're taking notes. Number one, God has established a place. It's going to take just a couple more minutes. God has established a place. Number two, it is God's plan. Actually, let me finish that verse. I got ahead of myself. And so they continue daily with one accord in the temple. Now, did you notice that the Bible says in verse 46, in the what? Where, where were they at? Temple. Not in the house. There's another movement today. We've had people come in here, and I, I, I saw this in Costa Rica too, where people want to have church in a house. Having church in a house is great if you don't have a building. If you're, under, if you're doing it undercover in China, or, or, or if you're starting, we started the church in our house, but we didn't stay there. And there's nothing wrong with having fellowship in the house and having Bible studies and having all these things that exist to, to, to fellowship and everything, but that does not take away the temple time. The established place to come together with other believers, because think about it, if it was in the house, you'd only have over to your house, so you want it over to your house. There'd be no iron sharpens iron. You know what one of the great things about the local assembly is? Is we have to learn to like each other. Can you say amen or woe is me? Amen. You might have somebody that rubs you the wrong way and you got to go up and give them a hug. Amen. And say, God bless you. Amen. Hopefully you're not walking in and trying to avoid them. Praise God. But there's an established place. It's not a house. Houses are great. He says, and in the temple, they continue daily and breaking bread from house to house. So that adds to you. So you see you both dynamics, but you don't have the house without the temple. And they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And watch this, the Lord added daily those who are being saved. So number one, the church is an established place. Number two, it's God's plan. We saw that in Hebrews 10. 
Hebrews 13 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. Here's another reason people don't like to come to church, because they don't like to be accountable to anybody. They don't like to be submitted to anybody. Amen. They don't like to have to have somebody tell them, hey, you're, you're not doing this right. Amen. And I talked to them Wednesday night that a true believer likes discipline. Amen. True believer actually searches discipline out and says, hey, if I'm doing something wrong, tell me. Please help me. Please show me. I don't, I don't want to be going the wrong way. And we help each other in that aspect. Number three, we need each other. Have you realized how much you need each other this morning? How much strength you draw from being able to call somebody on the phone and say, hey, will you lift me up in prayer? Hey, I'm going through something. Can you pray for me? Hey, come on over. Let's hang out. Let's go get some coffee. There's something about understanding that we need each other. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 says he gave himself, some, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors for the equipping of the saints and the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God. And then he says this, watch, he says, But speaking the truth in love, we would grow up in all things unto the him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective work by which every part does its share. We've talked about this before. Praise and worship is not the same without you here. There's a dynamic of where you sit and where you stand and how you worship and how you praise that blesses somebody else. And when you're not here, it's not the same. There's something missing. And so he says, every part does its share. Cause, and listen, causes growth of the body, this is verse 16, for the edifying of itself in love. Number four, I'll run through this quickly keeps us I got ahead of myself on the other one but it kind of ties in with two church keeps us accountable it's easy to stay home and let the let the TV evangelist preach to you because he's never going to get in your grill he's never going to come into your backyard he's never going to tell you anything that's really going to step on your toes because if you don't like him you just change the channel amen and so that, that could be liked. I can understand that. But how many know there's the, 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 the shouting hallelujah, glory to God messages are wonderful, but we need some messages sometimes to step on our toes and get us right. Amen. Acts 20, 28 says, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. Now watch this. Don't look at it for time, but Matthew 18, 15-17, this is another reason why church exists. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, Go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take one or two more, 
that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And then he says, and if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. See, there's, a, there's an order that God has. It's a family. It's, it's, it's taking care of something. If somebody was wrongfully accusing you of something in this place, you have a place of justice for your walk with the Lord. There's a place of accountability. And, and the, there's wealth of wisdom in the multitude of counsel. Amen. But he refuses to hear and hear the church, it says, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. We as a church need to learn how when some, when some spirit comes into our church that's not God, we need to learn to expel it. Like a body that protects against infection. We, we want everybody in this church. We want every, anybody that wants to come in and be a part to come in and be a part. But sometimes the devil sends people in. And you got to be able to understand that and say, hey, we're not going to let this happen. We're not going to let so, so-and-so come in and cause dissension. Amen? If somebody in the church, and I thank God that at this moment this isn't happening. We've had it happen many times before. That's part of life. But I feel like there's a great unity in our church right now. I feel like there's a great spirit. But, hey, when somebody comes in and you've got a thought about somebody in the church and you thought, man, I like that person. You know, then you've got a, an attitude about them. And somebody else comes in and begins to try to change that attitude. Something's wrong. Why would you begin to believe somebody who's just walked into the church about somebody you already know? Amen. If you've been here for, this is just an example, if you've been here for three or four or five years and, and you know people in here or you know me as your pastor and somebody came in and just began to talk things that were contrary to what you knew about somebody in the church or me, wouldn't that be foolish to just believe him and go, oh man, you're right. When you have three or four years of, of experience with a person and how they are and who they are. Amen. But the devil knows what he's doing. He likes to divide the church. When we're in unity, church, we are a power that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. We are a powerful force when we are in unity and when we are expelling those spirits. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and consider the result of their conduct. Imitate their faith. I can't tell you how many times in the years of experience I've been a pastor. This is one of the things I was talking about last week that Tyrone, you know, in his testimony to me, was he hated so much was to see people tell you they love you, and they're with you, and they're right there by you. And then all of a sudden you've got something painful in your back. You don't know what it is. And you find that's a knife, amen, from that person that loved you so much, amen, that thought you were so good and thought, was, you know, visited you in the hospital and jail and prayed for you. And it's like, what'd I do? How many of you had that happen to you? It's not just the pastor. We all have had that happen to us. Because there's two types of people people who have a pure heart and people who don't. And we need to keep our hearts pure. One more verse is Psalms 133.1. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen? If somebody could go get Sheila real quick out of the nursery. I need a lady to take her place. Thank you, Susan. So let me, write, let me run over this real quick as Sheila comes out. Number one, it's an established place. Amen? We know the address is 1131 Fort Worth Drive. That's where we come to church. This is your house. It's not God's will. You bounce around. How many have met somebody before and says, well, God just leads me to go here and there. And 
That's called a tumbleweed. Amen? There's no health in a tumbleweed. You no roots, and all you got to do is squash it, and it goes, right? No, it's, God's not telling anybody to go around from church to church. That's not, you don't see that in the Word of God. It's an established place. And you get to where you say, you know, and people do church shop and pray and say, God, lead me to the right place, and you should do that. But if you get to a place where the Word of God is being preached and fruit is happening in your life, you say, I'm not leaving this place. This is my house. This is my place of worship. I'm going to protect this place. I'm going to live for it. Number two, it's God's plan. Number three, we need each other. And number four, church keeps us accountable. Amen. I'm ready for you, Sheila. I wanted to ask Sheila to give a testimony. She'll say what she's going to say, but uh, Robert and Sheila have been with us since, since almost day one, after the first service in our building over there. And uh, she has a testimony of kind of what I'm saying, and she doesn't any, know anything I've been saying in the message, other than that I've mentioned where we've just seen people come and go and come and go and come and go, and that a lot of people that we really saw bear fruit in our church are gone now, and we see that they're not bearing fruit anymore, and it's, you know, it's kind of sad. And so I want her to tell her story real quick of what happened with her and Robert. I'm wearing my nursery shoes, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, we were here, I can't remember how long it was, and we were in this building, and we had been there from the beginning, and um, the incident, an incident happened here. We were kind of having issues with deciding whether or not we wanted to be here, and um, basically our own issues about certain people, and an incident had happened that we weren't actually at church, and um, I don't want to get into it, but anyway, there were, an incident happened, and we decided to leave the church. And we had just bought our house, and so we had Pastor and Carla come over for the first time ever in our house and basically said, you know, we don't, we don't want to be at the church anymore. Because we want it to leave, but we're also not like that, like run around and just leave, and nobody knows where we are. So we want to say why we're leaving, and we gave our reasons, which really were our own personal reasons. And, you know, Carla was upset, and Pastor was upset. I mean, as far as they were sad that we were going to go, and, I mean, we were upset we didn't really want to go, but, you know, our flesh decided for some reasons, personal reasons, that we wanted to leave. And um, so we told him, and he said, no, you know, don't go. Think about it and decide what you want to do. And, you know, and it was fleshly reasons. I mean, I am a very opinionated person. I'm, <laughs> I'm very difficult to get along with. A lot of people don't like my personality, and um, it is what it is. I am who I am. But um, we had a lot of issues with certain people, and I just felt like, you know, I instead of working on me, I wanted him to work on them. I want you to fix so-and-so. And it, and it was an issue. It was an issue, but it wasn't my issue. Like, I, you know, I can't be mad at so-and-so for what they're doing. That's their life. Now, they want to screw it up. You know, I'll pray for you, but I can't, you know, expect pastor to just, you know, fix everybody's issue. And so we prayed about it, and we went the next day to church. It was going to be our last service. I said, well, go ahead and go to the last Sunday service, and, you know, and um, God spoke to us through his message, and he didn't really address anything in the message that would have geared toward us as far as, like, he went home and wrote a message so we wouldn't leave or something. It was a good message, and we prayed that night, and we said we shouldn't go. We shouldn't leave, you know, and for me, humility is a hard thing. I don't like to admit if I'm wrong. I'd rather just go on and not talk about it and fix it later. We had to go to him and say we're wrong. We, we, we don't want to leave, you know, and, and 
at that time, or shortly after, there was a big split in the church with, you know, some people left. And I'm going to tell you right now, every couple that has left this church is either divorced, has had an affair, is having issues, is not. Everybody has left the church for personal reasons. And I'm not saying if you leave the church, you leave God. But I'm saying if you're leaving this church because you're mad because pastor didn't say hi to you, Carla didn't go talk to you, somebody in the praise team wasn't nice to you, then you need to work on you. I'm not here to get patted by the back of my pastor. I'm not here to go talk to Brenda. I mean, I'm here to receive God. And people's personalities and, and the way they view things, they think if somebody walks by them and doesn't say hi, that, oh, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe they didn't say hi to me. I can't believe they don't talk to me. You know, I can't believe past. And the big thing, I can't believe Carla, she's past pastor's wife, and she doesn't even, she didn't say anything to me. Why are you here? Are you here to talk to her? I mean, <laughs> you know, are you here so she can acknowledge that your presence or pastor can acknowledge that you're here? And it takes a lot for you to get out of that. I still have issues with looking at people and what people are doing, but it's not, I'm not in their walk. I'm in my walk. And I thank God we didn't leave the church. I mean, it really would have been not good for us if we had left. And because, number one, we obeyed God and said, oh, we shouldn't leave. And the second reason, we humbled ourselves and went to him and said, we shouldn't leave. We're, we're, we're wrong. We're sorry. And we stayed. And only a few people know this. I didn't want to, at that time, tell everybody we want to leave. And, and that's another thing. If you're having issues in the church and, and say you do want to leave, don't drag people with you, please. Your reasons are your reasons. When we wanted to leave, nobody knew we wanted to leave. And we told them we weren't going to tell anybody. But if you're having issues, and it's okay to talk about it with somebody, but it's not okay to... If you want to leave, to drag people with you, because that happened too. And, and there was a scenario that a friend told me once. If you're standing in a chair and your friends are down there, if you grab their hand, what's the likelihood that you're going to pull them up? It's not very likely. They're going to pull you down. So be careful. You know, if you're hearing talk like that, just say, you know, I'm, I'm here for this church. If, you're, if your friends leave the church, pray for them. But that doesn't mean you need to leave. And... um. It's just what happened with us. And, and we've stayed and we've been here, and I thank God that we're still here, that we obey. So. Musicians, you can come. Amen. It was funny because she was feeling like she wanted to say something too. So for a long time I've thought, you know, I need to have them say Because like she said, most people don't know at one time they wanted to leave. Like I said, church, you know our hearts. We're not saying this because we're the best church in the world or we're the only church in the world. I'm just telling you what I see. And as a pastor, it breaks your heart when you see people that you've really, really, really seen grow, and then you and, and then you see them leave, and they don't get back in church or they're doing other things, and you think, hey, this is not too easy to see what's going on here, you know. And the problem is, is most people, ninety percent of people, will not come back because of pride. I guarantee you, there's people that have left this church that would like to come back, but their pride will not let them. And they should know we would open our arms to them. They would be welcome to come back. But they won't do it because, like she said, we had to humble ourselves and say, we're not leaving. And, you know, there's a destiny behind that. Who knows in Robert and Sheila's life all the blessings that have followed them because they obeyed, because they, they did what God said for them to do. And so we need to understand that this morning. That's, that's just what I want to get off of my heart is to understand how important church is and a commitment to a church. So maybe you're here and you're struggling with something or the devil's 
telling you, man, this isn't your place, or, or maybe you're not saved, or whatever. There's all kinds of lies that the devil's going to tell you. And fight through that. You know, and, and also on a, on a kind of joking note, if you are thinking about leaving, come back to one more service like they did. Amen. That's a good way to <laughs> always give God one more service. If they wouldn't have came back to church that next morning, then they'd have been gone. You know, and God can do mysterious things. He can work in mysterious ways. But, you know, you need to ask yourself, have I seen fruit in my life in, in, in the commitment to God? And, and church, in these days we're living in, this is a time more than ever to say, I'm not going to be uprooted. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this my home, and I'm going to help build this church, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something for the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning.